Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. I'm Jay. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, Resident Alien Season 1, the sci-fi murder mystery Dr. Dramedy Earth Needs right now. Based <laughs> on the Dark Horse comic from Peter Hogan and Stephen Parkhouse, Resident Alien follows Harry, played by Alan Tudyk, an alien that crash lands on Earth and passes himself off as a small town human doctor. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. Yeah, uh, this one, I was aware it was a comic uh, going in, but it being like a, a more of an indie comic, I never checked it out. Um, obviously, working in a comic book store, oh, uh, we did have plenty of people who were picking up this as part of their subscription. Uh, but what got me on this was Alan Tudyk. I'll, I'll always show up for anything he's involved in. Um, and the premise, you know, it, it, it's not entirely the most original like you know stranger like hides out in small u.s town uh and things go awry but yeah it's uh it works really well you know it's very much a fish out of wars story uh, and alan tudyk is really good at that kind of thing he's really good at acting like somebody who isn't human but pretends to be human you're right this type of story fish out of water we've seen it many times but this show the look and feel of the show i've not seen before yeah and i'm going to say this right now and we always do our rating at the end but i i love this show I Same. Really, I'm not telling you how much I love it out of five just yet, but I had so much fun with the show. And it's one that week to week I watched with my wife, who isn't necessarily a fan of comic book adaptions. And if anything, she's going to be put off by something if she finds out that, that it is. But I was going to watch the first episode and she's like, hey, I'll watch it with you and we'll go from there. And both of us were just hooked and as you say, Alan, Alan Tudyk, he's always excellent. But you just know that he's really elevating this. And not just him, we'll, we'll get to the rest of the cast, but everybody on this show is bringing their A-game. There's just so much to enjoy. Yeah, uh, and it's not, just, it's not just his physical performance, uh, but it's his in, internal monologue. Like, you know, Alan Tudyk is known for doing a lot of voice work on top of his regular acting. Uh, but he really knows how to perform voice. Uh, uh, you know, they call it ADR, additional or, uh, dialogue recording. But, you know, being a voice actor for many Pixar movies, uh, animated series and that sort of stuff. Like he... You know, we talked about it for Doom Patrol season one. He is such a great narrator for a show. He adds so much more to it, but it's great. And the the, the effects, the practical effects on his alien makeup as well was phenomenal. Every time he shows up, and even if it's just the face and he's wearing regular human clothes, that is that somehow that is even more interesting than when he's just a full naked alien. Yeah, and the cut scenes are hilarious and you get it more so earlier on in the season like when he's when he's in the bar and he's dancing yeah and he's having drinks and he's getting drunk and you'll see certain times you've got Alan Tudyk and you've got the alien 
as well. Just the look of the alien, which you know we've touched on the comics already. They've changed it up a little bit. He's got pointy ears in the comic, and yeah. you know, well, we know what it looks like in in the show. But I was curious, like how they actually came, like with the design, like how they put it all together. The alien makeup is comprised of a large helmet-like mask that fits over top of Alan Tudyk's head, with smaller prosthetics covering his mouth and nose, plus a set of fake teeth and hands. Tudyk's transformation into Alien Harry generally takes two hours. The blinks and eye movements are created digitally in post-production. So I was wondering, because you do get that he's emoting quite a lot through, through his mouth. And yes, yeah. that's why he's got a lot more movement there. But it is a helmet on the top. But the design, the design's great. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Um, and it's typical for Fish Out of Water's story is Thor did it really well in Thor The Dark World specifically. Uh, uh, there's moments of it in the first Thor film, but the 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 statements the blunt statements because you don't understand personal interactions always comes off as like great uh comedy and alan tudyk has great comedic chops but it's just it's gonna be so much fun to just be able to have a character who can be he should come off as a dick but somehow the context and the situation elevates it to like like a lovable trait uh, yeah, it's just just amazing, just I mean, all of it. <laughs> you got to praise Tudyk with that. Like casting is going to play a big part in that. Like for him, yeah. just to not be a dick. Like and even yeah. when he's saying things and people are a little shocked around him, just his delivery and all of it. Like there's a softness to him. And Tudyk is a guy that's got so much range. Like you were talking about some of his other projects. Have you seen the movie Moana? Yes, yeah. He's the chicken. He was hey hey. <laughs> yeah, the brain damaged chicken. Yeah, I thought that was him. Like, it's, it's incredible. Like you know, this guy has done so much over the years. Before we carry on with with the characters, like you know, we've mentioned briefly what this what this show is. Just to go into it a little deeper, after crash landing on Earth, an alien sent to wipe out humanity kills and takes on the identity of Harry. He is asked to do an autopsy on the town's doctor who died of unknown causes. I like that reveal. We'll get to it, but I like the reveal of who actually killed the local doctor. Harry yep. wrestles with the moral dilemma of his secret mission while also dealing with a nine-year-old who can see him as an alien. And there's a lot of yep. comedy that happens with that and just how aggressive he is. Like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> like, in his, you yeah. know, Harry's hiding Yeah, I'll grab his bone saw <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The opening the opening title sequence incredible and they yeah. always changed it up and you'd have a chicken an egg a frying pan with a cooked egg you'd have yeah. a woman giving birth a baby a baby in a pan and it's him like yeah, with X going like this is not the way to do <laughs> yeah, it this is not to do it tick for the, <laughs> the chicken yeah it's just yeah. a lot um, yeah uh, there's so much comedy in this the showrunner Chris Sheridan, and I wasn't too familiar with him, Family Guy. That's ah. where he did a lot of, or had a lot of success. He's been nominated for five Primetime Emmy Awards, a British Academy Television Award, 
and one DVD exclusive award. It doesn't sound as impressive as the others, but it won that one. So yeah. it's second as a win. Uh, Sheridan has also written episodes of Titus. This is a sitcom back in the day that I used to watch. It was based on Christopher Titus, his stand-up comedy act. So ah. I don't think he's around too much now, but back in the day, I think early 2000s, I used to watch his sitcom and some of his stand-up. But Family Guy is where Sheridan you know, did a lot of work. And now yeah. he's the showrunner on Resident Alien. Yeah, and he does a great job. Um, you know, they mine, they mine the quirky small town for everything it's worth. Uh, it looks phenomenal. It's really well shot. Um, the, and I do like, you know, the diversity of the whole the show, not just uh, the visual diversity of them being... You know, they say on the glacier a lot because they're in like Colorado. Uh, I don't think they mean actual glacier. I think they're talking about like the the permafrost on top of the mountain because obviously they're inland. There's a glaciers, uh, a, a sea thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and the the real dangers of something like that, where as it warms up, that becomes unstable and it's incredibly dangerous. Uh, and yeah, the strange uh members of the car of the uh, community that make up the rest of the cast all of them with their own quirks before we get to them though like like many shows a lot of directors are involved but there's one name in particular that was very familiar to me and i know he's gonna be familiar with you as well robert duncan mcneil yeah you know that name? Do i know i do know their name as an actor, he is best known for his role as Lieutenant Tom Paris on Star Trek Voyager. I was going to say, is that a Star Trek guy? <laughs> Star Trek guy. And I first saw him, Courtney Cox's boyfriend in Masters of the Universe, that Dolph Lundgren movie. Yeah. <laughs> he was, yeah. He was yeah. In that. But I kept seeing his name. I'm like, I'm sure that's Tom Paris. And then looked into it. Yeah. I mean, and he's also an executive producer on the show. And like I said, he directs a couple of episodes as well. But the last time he did that was for the TV show Chuck. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Great show. Oh, great, great show. <laughs> so, uh, so there we go. So again, there's many directors, but he's one name in particular that's jumped out at me and wanted to talk about him. And Alan Tudyk, we can start there. We've um, yeah. been praising him already, but maybe we could talk about him some more. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, even the name, you know, Harry Vanderspiegel, it's it's a quirky sounding name. Like, it's a fun uh, name. it is a fun name, <laughs> and you're just little little character traits of, you know, uh, turns out he's lonely. He's got this hole that he can't fill, so he just tries to fill it literally with food. <laughs> and so, any food lying around that's un unprotected. He's going to eat. If it's at a table next to him and he's in a restaurant, he'll just he's help himself. It. If it's someone's breakfast burrito that's unmanned, <laughs> in he goes. Someone puts their coffee down, he's taking it. It's, oh, yeah. It's yeah. such a strange <laughs> little character quirk. Yeah. And, and he does it like, don't take my coffee. And he has like this kind of little, like, little, like, like a little kid or like, I'm taking it. I'm taking it. But not in like a little mischievous way of just like, I need this. I'm taking it. Yeah, I just. His physical comedy is phenomenal. Like his oh, facial always. expressions and everything. Um, but 
it it does help you endear you to endear him to you which is important um, you you need because even when he's because essentially you know as the audience he's there to kill everybody so yeah. there needs to be something else and then we're following him on his journey and he's going to recognize that maybe humanity isn't so bad after all but interestingly like he himself although his species has the ability to look like other species he's not just looking human he's starting to feel as a human which was an interesting journey to see him go on but i want to go back to what you're saying there things that he loves food drink yeah, yeah. he also loves law and order which i thought he was does. excellent I'm love what, dum dum. a lot of what he was learning about humans was from law law and order in in the comics it's slightly different his character is addicted to old pulp detective novels so i think that was a good way of changing it up for tv yeah absolutely and especially you know because law and order has got to have like 20 seasons or something ridiculous so when you when you see early, in the early episodes that's you know he spent four months studying that while he's learning to control the harry body <laughs> of uh <Yeah. laughs> to varying degrees of success uh and i'm like yeah this is how he's learned about how people and how to interact so i mean the characters on law and order are ridiculous i mean john mulaney has many 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 jokes about how one he's very an actual law and order like mega fan but also just how ridiculous he is you know like there's um the john mulaney joke is the three types of guys that they drill for information there's Latino worker who just has to keep loading the truck while talking to police. <laughs> yeah. Johnny Sperano. Yeah, I know him. And he continues <laughs> to load crates into a truck. Yeah. You're like, yeah, yeah, it is. You know, they're just tropes. There's no real like characterization there. Like, so of him learning humanity from those characters is even funnier because you know, the, it, the, sh- the show hits a very specific itch. Yeah, it's not about long-term character progression and uh, and development. It's about has the the crime of the week they have to solve. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, the next big character, Asta Twelve Trees, played by Sarah Tomke. Uh, was it Tomko? Tomko. Yeah, she, great character. Um, oh, she and, you know, is so good. Yeah, and they. The chemistry with her was the entire cast. Like you can tell, they must have got uh, the crew must have got to get, uh, along really well because all of the cr- the cast and crew uh, had phenomenal chemistry and they seemed very comfortable around each other. But I've I'm sure I've seen her in other things, but man, she does a phenomenal job in this. There's so much stuff going on with her character, not just the fact that she's the nurse who works at the the clinic so she's the one with the most interactions with harry but also she's just come out of a very long-term abusive relationship she had to give up her daughter when she was 16 years old because she wasn't prepared to take on that kind of thing and her daughter works at the surgery and her dad so is not many, her real dad there's so many so things going many on a daughter jay yes she gave up for adoption but then gave her a job later on yeah Without, you know, keep an eye on her just to keep an eye on her she's you mentioned coming out of an abusive relationship with jimmy so yeah we're getting 
we see a relationship start to develop between Harry and Asta in this first episode. And that was, and starting to see a change in him already. And when he goes to her rescue and he's such a heroic, like almost super heroic fashion and just yeah. grabs Jimmy and throws him. It was a good save. And yeah, so Jimmy's one of the, the bad guys, a, you know, a reoccurring character in the show. But yeah. Asta, yeah, she's she's a layered character, and you can say that about a lot of a lot of characters on the show. But she's certainly like a highlight of the show. When she goes on a journey, she finds out who Harry really is. She copes with that really well. There's yeah, she's she's absolutely fantastic, and I love the fact that also they're just the character and her look. Like, I'm not familiar with this actress, but she's got a great look. Um, yeah, I think she's brilliant. Yeah, and the fact that her character is uh, American and in, in Indian descent, and you get a little bit of that. It's not overt. It's not like this is her, her defining trait. Is that she's it's just she grew up on a reservation. Yeah, yeah. it's a part it of just, who she is. Yeah, and it's a part of some of the history of the town that there's you know her dad runs the diner, and they have to have the doctor go out and help them out on the reservation from time to time. Cause he's the closest doctor. I said two and a half hour trip by car. Um, but yeah, you, her, and she, oh man, she, she steals every scene she's in. She really uh, does. And she, yeah. she is a strong character as well. Like she may have gotten out of a, a, an abusive relationship, but it, she does it from strength and you know, she, she's making a, a literal change from that point on. Like, uh, like strengthening the rest of her life, which yeah, there's so many layers to her. Like I said, her look um, when she's as a nurse, she looks like a nurse. When she's in a regular clothes, you're like, oh, she looks like uh, a party girl who could kick the shit out of me. Awesome. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. And um, talk about characters who could kick the shit out. Yeah, let's talk about Mike Thompson, played by <laughs> Corey Reynolds. Yeah, the town's local sheriff. Although he prefers people to call him Big Black, which um, people refuse to do. <laughs> I know. And then Harry's like, "Is that because you've got a big black truck?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and he's a character who masks his insecurities by trying to remain in constant control of every situation. Wow, he he's great. Like I, I don't know him from anything else. This is the only time I've seen him, and I think he's absolutely fantastic. And when he was modeling his character, it went through a cross between John Wayne and Richard Pryor. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, he's such, such a good character. And I like the fact that, uh, you know, he, he's just an asshole the whole time. He has this unhealthy relationship with his dog. And his deputy is far more uh, uh, resourceful in the job than he is. But you, you eventually get the story of like why he's even in that town. It's because his dad was sick and he's told that the doctor advised a place with like country air, like a small town would be better for his health long-term. So he uprooted himself from Washington DC and, he moved him and his dad to like Colorado for a better, but it's too quiet for him. You know, he's, he was expecting to be a cop in a big city, like 
uh, Washington DC and have to deal with a lot, a lot of crimes. And he's in a sleepy little town where nothing really happens, like which is the a best place to be a cop, but not for him. <laughs> well, nothing happens until Harry. And yeah. then there's a lot of happening. You mentioned his deputy. We've got Elizabeth Bowen, the deputy sheriff, Liv Baker. Yeah. She is, again, I think pretty much everybody we're going to talk about is great, is excellent, is really good. And she's another another example about that. And interestingly, uh, Deputy Liv was only intended to be a small reoccurring character. But Elizabeth Bowen had such an immense rapport with Corey Reynolds they expanded her role. I'm glad they did. She's I'm really glad she, so she, good. But that's crazy though, because she's such a big part of it. And like a lot of what's going on, she's the one working out behind the scenes what's really happening. Yeah, she's creating the links. Uh, like little things like, oh, there's a drug dealer at school who's been using the prescription pad from the dead doctor. And with Corey doing his terrible good cop, bad cop, where he is both. He's both, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> she's just hanging out, being cool, chatting to the kids and getting all of the information. And she's picked together the entire network. Like, it's amazing. And, you know, she's, she's strong in herself. You know, uh, she's beloved by the town. And, yeah, you know, which, is, which is nice. Great. Yeah. There's a little bit of a Fargo feel to her character, but it fits perfectly. It's oh, very it, endearing. It really does. And I did read that Corey Reynolds, he went to the showrunner and he said, I want my character to have something distinctive about him. I want him, how about if he beatboxed? And he went to give a demonstration on how it would beatbox. So everybody's getting ready and then he gets himself set up and then he starts beatboxing. And then about midway through, Elizabeth Bowen shows up and she's got a, I think like a harmonica, but she starts joining in and they end up doing a duet <laughs> and Sheridan's like, yeah, we're going to put that in the show. That's going to yeah. go in there. <laughs> so again, like these two just had such a good rapport. It just changed the direction of the show and she ended up getting a much bigger part. And I'm really, I'm really glad that that happened. And yeah. Alice Wetterlund uh, plays Darcy Bloom. Such an awesome character. Oh Oh my God. (laughs) But the thing is though, so when you're first introduced to her, she works at the bar. She's serving drinks. That's who that character is. And you very quickly find out she is a lot more than that. And originally that character was going to be a blonde airhead. That's what they were looking for. And then, Which they kind of start off because they she's do known for being yeah. kind of a free spirit sexually. Yeah, uh, they, yeah, true. But I think on the back of Wetterland auditioning, like what the character was going to be, it ended up becoming something far more. I mean, we do know that she is Asta's best friend, but things yeah. that she's achieved. Um, she had an accident at the Olympics. So she went to the Olympics a hero. She returned feeling a failure. She was very badly injured. But then she's she's part of the mountain rescue team or something along yeah. those lines. Like Yes, yeah, to, to, to monitor the, the mountain, make sure people aren't going up there when the ice melts. Uh, obviously, because of her, her skill at skiing and like around ice and that kind of stuff. She's a strong-willed character. She can take care of herself like physically. She, she's adept. Uh, a little bit of a f- firebrand. And she's got this really weird 
rivalry slash friendship with uh, Judy Cooper, who's the Brilliant. other like <laughs> town bike. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, who who works at the 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 bowling alley, but they're kind of like bitchy to each other, but they're also real friends because yeah. they're, they're they're very they're similar enough that they that's why there's this strange competition, but different enough that they get along. It's 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 almost like they cast her, like you said, to be this blonde bimbo character, and then created the Judy character to take the rest of those traits. And yeah, it's worked so well between the two of them, but she's amazing. Um, Honestly, like I, I could just watch her all day. Like she is so is so good in this, and and yeah, where where they take her character and the amount of screen time her character gets, I didn't see it coming at all from that first appearance. I thought yeah. she was going to be somebody they spoke to at that one place they go to. Like every now and then they go to the bar, they'd have a conversation, but no, she ends up becoming much more than that yeah and as you said she's Asta's best friend so there's a lot of uh interaction between those two as well she starts dating harry because she has some weird thing for him because it's his <laughs> bluntness and kind of his the fact he doesn't seem to care yeah. <laughs> is think, very attractive to her because again a lot of the people on the show all the characters they've lived there all their lives he's new yeah, exciting. So I think that's a lot of it as well. And then they have a good time in the bar and he gets drunk for the first time. And again, that dance sequence where you see him in full alien makeup and he's drinking and he's dancing, it's just hilarious. Like, you know, yeah. a lot of a lot of fun. Uh, we've got Levi Filer as Ben Hawthorne. He's the town's young mayor. So charming, very childlike. Yeah, very young. And, you know, we find out that he dated Darcy at one point. Again, like all these people grew up together in, in the same town. But he's a character that, you know, he's, he's one of the main supporting characters. Um, and he's, he's fine for the most part. It's only when him and his wife, and I know we've not got to her yet, um, just bear with me, Meredith Garrison is Kate yep. Hawthorne. Jumping ahead, but the episode where members of the government are looking for their son Max, and he's got the ability to see Harry for who he really is. Yeah, and they go to attack them. And one of the greatest sequences that when they protect their household, their son, and they're clumsily but violently attacking the attackers, was the just out of them. excellent. But, like, I was getting quite concerned at one point. I thought, oh, no, are they going to kill them? <laughs> like, not yeah. concerned for the bad guys, but concerned for them as characters because, like, you, that's breaking the law. <laughs> like, how far yeah, are they going to yeah. take this? But they ended up fleeing. And, yeah, that was a great sequence. That was really enjoyable and satisfying as a parent, seeing how they protected their kid in such a way. It was brilliant. Yeah, and it is it is a slow burn with their character because they are – the both of them are playing – second fiddle to literally everyone else. They're the support characters in all of their scenes. They're not driving the story at all, right up until that moment. Then they're, yes. they're, they're the active members. And it's a great yeah, payoff. And they're even yeah, supporting they, their son, Judah, I want to say, Prane. Yeah. And he's, he's great. He's a great kid. Uh, like I said, he's the only one who has the genetic ability to see through Harry's disguise and see him as the alien he is. Um, and until you get a lot we, of great... till we get to a guest star. 
but we'll yes. get to that. Yeah. But yeah, and, and, it's, and it's brilliant. And that's what I like, that Harry's generally wants to kill him. Yeah. It's, he needs to protect himself. And the only way to do that is to stop the, the, this one person who happens to be his child telling everyone that he's an alien. So he's like, oh, just kill him. That's the it, yeah. like, easy I way mean, to deal with this problem. This is not E.T. and Elliot. <laughs> like, no. This is not that relationship at all. But uh, yeah, like, you know, the, the kid is great because he's, because again, like, the description of this show, you know, it's a comedy, it's a drama, like all the murder mystery, all these different elements. So there's moments where it has to be funny. But there's also moments where it's quite shocking and confronting. And what this kid needs to do is he needs to show terror. But at the same time, we're not supposed to be shocked. We're supposed to find that funny. And this kid does a really good job of selling that, of doing like a comedic scream and the faces that he pulls. It's, yeah. He's really good on this. Yeah. And he's a partner in crime, Sahar, played by Graceland Howard Rinky, who is, she does, she can't see Harry, but she believes Max completely. And Which, these yeah. kids are geniuses. Like <laughs> how they come up with their schemes, like to steal his car keys and getting them cut so they can sneak into his house. Put the uh, phone under the car and use find a phone. Yeah. Like, like, like all of that. Her, her character is so crucial and it's important that Max does have an ally. And, and the fact that she can't see Harry, as you say, but believes yeah. him anyway. He yeah. needs that and is you know, he doesn't have a lot of friends at school. So they get a, a fast relationship that you completely buy. And they've got a great dynamic together and she's really good also. Again, I think yeah. you're gonna say that about everybody in the show. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and of course his mum is one of the teachers at the school, so he that doesn't help him out at all. Yes. Especially <laughs> him wearing a uh tinfoil hat under his normal hat at school. <laughs> We've mentioned Jimmy already, Astra's abusive ex-boyfriend, uh, played by Ben Cotton. So, you know, you know, he's a reoccurring character. We don't see him often. Jay's dad. We get that good sequence towards the end of the season. Very dangerous, by the way, but where they take the handbrake <laughs> off his car and they're yeah. having a good old laugh about it. Aston yeah, why his car rolls down the hill oh, into all coming traffic. It was Darcy and Jay. Darcy, Darcy yeah. Is it always the best example? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, because yeah. when Jay finds out uh, that Asta's her mother, she suddenly can't deal with it very well because it's such a shocking revelation for her. But she can totally relate to Darcy because she's an intermediary. She knows her, she knows her mum really well, but she's not got any weird expectation for her. So she can like treat her as an equal rather than like a protective like oh, I need to protect you, my kid, or like that's weird. Stop talking to me like that. I don't know who you are. Um, Jay, of course, played by Kaylayla K- 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 Rain. Well done. I um, I was just looking at that name, thinking I've not seen or heard that name before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure that's close enough. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. She's not in the show a lot, but she's definitely uh an integral piece especially on astra's side um and she yeah really good character um again again like the the mayor and his wife is definitely playing support to everyone else yeah um because the story happens more 
without her involvement about how important she is rather than with her pushing the story. Um, but it, you know, you need, you need support characters for everyone else to lean on. Uh, and she provides that really well. I imagine they'll do more with her in season two. Uh, but... Which we do know we're getting. I think it was ahead yes. of the season one finale. They announced that it's going to get picked up and they're doing a second season. Yeah, which I'm thankful for because I'm I'm loving the show. It's great. We should say as well, this, I mean, this is a sci-fi channel show and yeah. they've not got the best track record, to be honest, whether it's TV or film. Yeah. They do not have the best track record, but it's worth noting this is an Amblin TV show. And Amblin, you think Spielberg, and it definitely has that feel. Yeah, because, you know, sci-fi, like, they, they started off the expanse and built it into the show, which it is now, um, that Amazon ran with when sci-fi weren't going to renew it anymore because it had gotten too expensive. You know, they did Killjoys, and they let, took that to its ultimate conclusion, thankfully, at the cost of their other show, Dark Matter, which was okay. uh, just a, an equally interesting sci-fi show, which was based off a comic, which didn't get its full its full whack, unfortunately, because it got it got axed in favor of Killjoys. Uh, like they moved the budget that way, and the biggest crime they had for me was the Deadly Class TV show, which they oh, did a right. phenomenal first yes. season. I did watch. And, yeah, I watched that first season, and for the most part, I did enjoy it. But I, there's a bigger crime than that, Jay. Krypton. Oh, they yeah, gave us right. two seasons. We got a live action Adam Strange. We got Lobo. And what they were looking at doing for season three was a take on Superman Red Sun. Mm. And you would have, ah, oh, it would have been interesting. Interesting. Yeah. It, it sounds similar to what we got in the um, James Gunn movie Brightburn. But anyway, yeah. got two seasons of Krypton. I enjoyed that. Back to this show, though. <laughs> let's, let's talk yeah. about Resident Alien. And actually, there's a character that I didn't like. You're not supposed to like. And this is nothing against the, against the actress. Harry's wife. Yeah, LV. LV. I was just irritated by her the whole time and i get that it's supposed to be you know you don't you want her to leave just like harry wants her to leave but the fact that she was only there to have the divorce papers signed and then she saw something in harry who was wasn't really harry it yeah was the alien and she decided to stay and we got some gags around her in knocking her out <laughs> like drugging her <laughs> yeah and trying to generally keep her as far away as possible but her as a character, disliked her, but again, that's the point of the show you're supposed to. Yeah, yeah, because, and she comes in at a moment where she disrupts everything. You know, she disrupts Harry's relationship with Darcy. Uh, she disrupts Harry's ability to search for the last pieces of his ship because she's now around. He has no spare time to do what he was normally doing. Uh, and she's in his business and nosing, but she's also filling the void of his loneliness. So, you know, he, she does push his connection with humans further down the line. Um, but yeah, it is, I understand why the character's there. It is shocking. It does add tension of like, if anyone's going to figure out it's, he's not who he's supposed to be, it'd be the wife of the guy he's replaced. Exactly. Uh, 
Are you familiar with her as an actress, Elby? No, it's because it's Isabel. Uh, just one name. Who... That's it, yeah, the character is Isabel, but the actress is Elvie, and it's just one name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not familiar with her at all, no, outside of this. How about yourself? No, not at all. No, but the way that you said her name when we started talking about it, I just, it sounded yeah. like you knew you was familiar with her. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't be shocked to find out if she was a model, like in Europe, because she has an accent. She's French. Um, the single name, uh, her physicality, she definitely, you know, takes care of herself and there is that quality to her. Um, there's a little bit of like well-traveled, like um, refinement there, which could all just be acting, but I, it just felt to me when she was on screen, I'm like, I bet this, I bet when she was a little bit younger, she was a model <laughs> or yeah, still she, is a model. And yeah, this is a yeah. gig to just break it up. But um, yeah, I understand. Like I didn't have strong feelings against her or anything, but I, I do understand why the character was there. Um, but yeah, she's not, she's not as uh, positive a character like the rest of the cast. Um, who one of them being Lisa Casper, played by Mandel Morn, who's the female agent who just yes. seems to like killing everyone. <laughs> That's right. So she was the one involved in that sequence with the whole yeah, thing. yeah, uh, with her soft yet um, very nice partner David Logan, played by Alex Bar- Barima, um, who doesn't want any part of any of this. He's like, no, no we're just trying to find the alien. Yeah, Why are you killing of, everybody? He's kind of been backed into a corner, hasn't he? Like he thinks he's been recruited a secret section of the government. And yeah, he doesn't really want to be doing this. He wants to stop the invasion, but ultimately he wants nothing to do with any of it. When it's all done, yeah. he just wants to be out of there. But yeah, they yeah. have an interesting relationship and she's clearly the more dominant of the two. Oh yeah. And you know, the, who do they answer to? Linda Hamilton. Wow. Yeah. There we go. I I had no idea until it happened. How did I? I had no idea that she was in the show. Uh, she's really good in this. Like I I think she's good. Yeah. They, they do they do interesting things on this show. And when we get her backstory, it's just it opens as if it's a completely different show. And you get her experiences as a little girl and how she first came to know about extraterrestrials. They do something similar with an upcoming guest star where it's, the episode opens on a bus. Oh, yeah. And it, yeah. And it, it starts like, it's like, wow, the production value and the, the cinematic quality is really impressive. Again, that's why I'm leaning more towards Amblin than sci-fi because, again, I've seen sci-fi shows and they don't all look like this. Yeah, because yeah, that, that sequence on the bus is very very much an X-Files opening. I mean, yes, you, you could have Scully and uh, Mulder could have turned up and you wouldn't bat an eyelid. You're like, yep, that makes sense from what I just watched. We'll talk about it now yeah. and then we'll go back to Linda Hamilton. Terry O'Quinn, John Locke yeah. from Lost. So you, see, you introduce his character when he's younger on the bus and him and his wife, you know, she's expecting a baby. But then something happens on the bus, nobody else notices. And then when they come to, the baby's gone. Yeah. And then you cut to 
you know, the alien convention. There's a lot of gags there. But Terry O'Quinn's character, Peter Buck, like Max, he can see Harry for who he really is. Yeah. Which is great. Uh, this is great. And he's an alien bounty hunter. A human alien bounty hunter. Like he hunts, yeah. he's hunting for aliens because he wants to know what happened to his child. Uh, but yeah, it's it's smart. It's really clever. And it's John Locke. It's John Locke. There he is. Yeah, I know. I mean, you know, in its heyday, Lost yeah. was excellent. And John yeah. Locke was easily one of the best and more interesting characters. Yeah, John Locke was the linchpin on that show. <laughs> We're back to Linda Hamilton. Sarah Connor. Well, not Sarah Connor, yeah. but we know her as Sarah Connor was in this show. And yeah, it was great seeing her playing a different character to Sarah Connor. And a reoccurring character, and no doubt we'll get to see her again in season two. Yeah, and you know, she's... it. The natural process is for them to send this information up the line and she's like no no that'll get lost i want to find this thing and not it, let it get lost in all the bureaucracy like we can sort this out which is why she puts david and lisa together to like actually track down the alien so she um, wants it hush hush like it's not yeah. for the people higher up it's for her because she yeah. is investigating what happened to her or she's seeking proof that aliens exist and the ship and Harry is going to help her prove it. And then what happens next? We don't quite know what she's going to do. Um, but again, hopefully we get to see more of her in season two. We should talk about the facts that, you know, the mystery running through this and the reason why Harry has a job in the first place as the doctor is Dr. Sam is found murdered or they yeah. believe was he murdered? Was it an accident? They don't quite know what is happening. But yeah, because Harry picks it up straight away. He walks in, looks at the body, and goes, he killed himself. And they're like, what? He goes, yeah, clearly. He like, look at the angle of the blade. He stabbed himself multiple times in the throat and died. And then it's like the end of episode one. He's like, like and he just figures out, he goes, oh, because he was poisoned. His throat had closed up. That's why he was trying to give himself a tracheotomy, but he yep. failed. Uh, so they they know there's someone who is responsible. It isn't a suicide. It is a murder, and they kind of give you a little bit of like a ooh, as the murder mystery part of it kicks on of like, is it the doctor's wife? Because she's moved on very quickly suddenly. I mean, they uh, she her. has a yeah, and she <laughs> has access her. to the toxin that was used to poison him to begin with, and yeah, the big twist uh, late in the series was it was human Harry. Human Harry, I like it. So he moved to the small town and it was very much his plan to be the new resident doctor, but he needed to get the old doctor out of the way first. Because yeah. what we know early on is that, yes, Harry takes on the identity of the real human Harry, but he kills him first. Yeah, and he, and he does then, it quickly. Um, he doesn't even think about, like, he's just throws him out the window onto the ice. He falls through into the ice and drowns slash freezes to death but then when uh it starts to get warmer and the the lake unfreezes he knows that body's going to turn up and ruin his disguise <laughs> so he needs to find it first he does and that's what's happening throughout all these episodes but again like we said earlier like alan tudyk as this character is this alien we know he's there 
to wipe out humanity. But we've got to like this character. And then we learn to see different wrinkles in his personality and he starts to become more human. So he gives us more reasons to like him. But then I think it was around episode nine, maybe, but that's when you find out that it was the real human Harry who was the murderer. So then you're like, right, well, okay, so we've been on this journey and we've been liking alien Harry more and more. And then now we're finding out that when he did kill a human, he killed a bad guy. So I thought that was a nice reveal. Yeah, nice way to kind of close that loop there. Um, Yeah, and he's got, you know, he starts with the guilt, like talking to the corpse of human Harry. Yes. That is actually played by another actor. Like, obviously, they use some like makeup and stuff to make it look like Alan Tudyk. But the body double really? is played by, yep, Keith Arbuthnot. Because he and who clearly does a great job. Because Alan Tudyk has to react to somebody, and if there's, there's movement around and stuff, so that's who they get. They get someone to look like Alan Tudyk. Right. Um, well, there's good actually. Shots. Actually, as Alan Tudyk as the dummy, and the, when right. they cut to angles in the alien yeah. makeup, that's played by Keith Arbuthnot. But right, okay. You yeah. do need him. You need the, in any situation for the practical shot of like when he looks at a, a reflection in the mirror and it responds to him. That's not a special effects shot. That's Keith Arbonaut in the mirror. <laughs> ah, right. Gotcha. But he's the alien. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, um, that makes more sense. Al- yeah, with Alan <laughs> Yeah, that's, bonding, an, easy, that's yeah. an easier Alan, way. Alan doing the it. acting. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, because he has to, he has to react to someone in shot. But it's just, it's clever and it makes sense. Um, and I guess, you know, it. You, you need to give props to the people who help round out this show he's oh, for not sure. obviously got yeah. a large role yeah, but, yeah it's, but it's, it's necessary yeah and, and they do it a couple of times and they're always great sequences there's yeah. another guest star that i had no idea whatsoever passed me by i didn't know who i didn't know this until i did prep for the show i'm talking about nathan fillion yes i yes. had no idea did you pick his voice Yes, I did, did immediately. Oh no, I'm so disappointed in myself. Philly, yeah. he he voices an octopus in a restaurant tank with whom yeah, Harry when... has a conversation. I need to go back and watch that sequence again. Yeah, I mean, I do watch the uh, Nathan Fillion cop series, The Rookie. Right. So his I, I hear his voice ah, okay. almost weekly. So when that I heard that, I'm like straight away. I'm like Nathan Fillion, of course. I do of know course his he's in voice this. though. I know his voice, like voice work. You know, Green Lantern. I know him from Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place from back in the day. Firefly, yeah. Serenity, Castle. I've seen maybe one of them, but I know his voice and I know of his close connection with Tudyk. Like, not only did they do Firefly together, they are friends in real life. Fillion previously co-starred with Tudyk in that web series they did, Conman, where they played yeah. versions of themselves. Yeah. I know they've um, got this relationship. So, so when I found out that Fillion was a voice in this show, I'm like, well, of course. I should have been yeah, waiting yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah, mate, and it's funny because well, because you know, it's the episode where Darcy, Asta, and Harry get high. And so while he's high, he's talking to this like squid. Uh, this octopus in the tank and you're like i'm just straight away i'm like that's nathan fillion <laughs> of course that nathan fillion had a pop-up in this show somehow and that's and as good a yeah. way as any 
it's a good way of doing it. Interesting with that as well, though, their conversation suggests that Harry's species and octopuses are closely related. And yeah. something which Harry himself later states to Aster. Yeah, when his um, legs are growing. That's right, yeah. 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 Also, when he's, sorry, when, he, when his legs regrowing and he's stood up there in his own crutches and he's just picking things up with his tentacle. And she's like, Do you have to do that? Yeah, he's like reaching for more food with a tentacle. Oh, leg. <laughs> I like you say, food. He likes his food. Yeah. Uh, we, it's funny as well because, you know, scientists look at uh, octopi and they're literally, we, we, it could be an alien species. Like it's so unlike everything else on the planet like it there's every possibility it's an alien species so i do like that they put that little joke in and it, it was good with the alien convention as well and the they're going through all the different aliens that have been reported over the years and harry's got a different take on each species oh they're actually yeah, pretty so, nice <laughs> yeah yeah they're, they're pretty nice guys or oh they're cute yeah but don't they know it though <laughs> <laughs> oh wow this um this show oh another cameo and it's and I wasn't quite sure if it was him at first. You know, we you know from, alien meme guy. Yeah, the alien meme guy from what was the show? It was it's um, History Channel. Yeah, but it was it ancient aliens, aliens or ancient something? I think it's ancient aliens. Yeah, yeah, that guy. He's yeah. as himself. And at first, I'm like, have they just got somebody that looks like the guy from the meme that I've seen? Yeah, but no, it's actually him, uh, Giorgio A. Tussa Cola? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure if you watch the show, they introduce him. Uh, yeah. And they may have even said his name on, on the show, but that same, he's from the Ancient Aliens. They're making it to a movie, apparently. I don't know how they're going to do that, but it's, it's still a thing. But they've got this guy as himself, and Harry spends a lot of time with him. Um, eating his fruit bouquet. eating the edible <laughs> fruit bouquet. <laughs> but and yeah, then... it's funny because they, they're kind of making a joke about how he's insane. <laughs> he's at this alien convention and all this stuff. Although Harry's like, oh, yeah, that was totally us. Like, the in joke is all his wacky theories that people like kind of shun him for. Harry's like, yeah, 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 that was us. Like, yeah, we'd get giving you humans a chance. <laughs> Which was... I do like. It's. And the it universe good... joke of like that guy's yeah. spot on. That's exactly what happened. It was a good cameo, but again, it was one of the things that was sort of like, is this an actor meant to be the guy, or is it really the guy? Turns out, yeah. it's really him. Who I think neither of us can really pronounce his name, but I've had a go. Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a difficult one. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of consonants in that one. The composer on the show, somebody I'm not overly familiar with, Noah Sirota. He's worked on all seasons of Falling Skies. Right. That's a show that I've heard of. And yeah. So he was the main composer on, on that show. He's also performed as a featured violin soloist on a number of projects, including Guy Ritchie's Sherlock Holmes, Paul Anderson's The Three Musketeers, the video game Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, as well as Game of Thrones. So oh, this is a wow. guy that's been part of a band or part of an orchestra. What's the word I'm looking for? An orchestra. That's the word. He's been a part of an orchestra, uh, but he's now at a point in his career that he is composing shows and Resident Alien is one of those shows. Uh, the show's theme is Bilgewater by the band Brownbird. 
Yeah. I've not heard it before, to my knowledge. No. Yeah, it does fit the feeling of the show, though. It does. Uh, it was the showrunner scrolling through Spotify until he found a song that he liked. And then I guess he reached out to the band and, and since using it on the show, like this song's got popular again and people are listening to it. Uh, but you're right, yeah, it does. It does definitely fit, fit the show. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, it's... I, I can't say enough good things about this show. It's so fun. Uh, and the mystery really helped carry me through, like not just the human interactions and the tension of like, surely someone's going to figure out he's not normal. Uh, I mean, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, the, the bluntness. The, there's one joke. Uh, my housemates didn't sit with me for every episode, but they did uh, end up through sitting through quite a few. And there's the one where he's like, I don't want to have to uh, change my appearance. I'll have to grow a mustache and become a fireman or a pedophile like yes. that was a, a career choice yeah i know i know there's a couple of them where tonally like oh that's <laughs> yeah that's but a then joke. like yeah but then like the next episode max says like uh, he puts on the mustache to sneak into school to take equipment and he goes oh i lose the mustache my uncle got sent away uh for having that and you're like, oh that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's like a throwback to the last episode you're like oh yeah it's uh there's it's it's uh, there's some dark jokes but they're like yeah there's the texture they, they are i think they are trying to reach a large like demographic in terms of who can I'd watch say this so. show. i'd say so and and this this show has been a massive hit for sci-fi it really has and interestingly um it is the start of a, a production deal that's happening between universal cable productions and Dark Horse Entertainment. Okay. So Dark Horse obviously published the, the comics, and this is the first of what could be many other projects. I'm really curious to see what they do next. You know, interestingly, our next review is also going to be an adaption from Dark Horse Comics. Yes, it, it will be. <laughs> but we'll leave, that, we'll leave that as a tease. Although, if you've heard our review of Red starring Bruce Willis, we did actually say what that review was going to be. Yep. The comics we've touched on already, so Peter Hogan, Steve Parkhouse, the series has been published at Dark Horse. There's been four issue miniseries since 2012. Five miniseries have been completed and concluding a six miniseries which is currently in progress so now i've finished the whole season i'm going to go and check out the comics because i have heard that tonally they are very different a lot of the the setup is there um but this show is played more for laughs so i wanted to watch the show talk about the show for this and then i'm going to go and check out the comics yeah yeah i know what you mean I, there's so many having worked in a comic book store for so many years, there's so many properties that got announced and uh, ended up in through production that people are like, oh, like, are you looking forward to that? I'm like, oh, well, it looks different to the comic because I was so familiar with the source material. So anytime I get a series like this that is an adaptation of something I haven't read, I'm always very excited because it's, it's a rare joy for me. Like the Marvel and DC movies are big, 
ex example of things that I know the source material intimately. So it's hard to surprise me on those levels. Um, and other uh, projects as well have that same thing where I, I, I read the comic of that. So when it gets adapted, um, Jupiter's Legacy on Netflix, which has been started advertising, I'm like, oh yeah, I read the comics of that. I, I know what to expect. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, this was, this is really nice for me. Um, you know, it's, as I said, it's so rare to have something where I have nothing going in except knowing it was a comic book. It's refreshing, very similar. I mean, but that was my experience with Umbrella Academy. I had no idea. Yeah, same. I just got I, to watch it as this new thing. Yeah, so many people, oh, are you going to read the comic beforehand? I'm like, no, this is one of those few times where I, I'm definitely not going to read the comic, not until it's done. I don't spoil anything for myself. Yeah, I'm doing the same thing with Invincible. Like, so watching and enjoying the season, I've been out and picked up the first trade, but I'm purposely holding off reading it until I've finished the season. I have heard that it's a very close adaption, but watching Invincible week to week and not knowing what's going to happen, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying it. But yeah. we'll yeah, I've got a we'll talk about the more on an upcoming episode, a few weeks time. Yeah, when yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ends. I think we're like two episodes away from the end of the season. Yeah, we're Thereabouts. not we're not long now. So this show, Resident Alien, if you're going to rate it out of five. Um, given my enjoyment, uh, my personal enjoyment is probably a bit higher than what I do on recommend. But I, on a recommend scale, I give this a solid four out of five. Uh, very easy watch, very easy to get involved with. Um, the performances of everyone is top tier. I mean, they, the, as we already talked of, like all the characters, the chemistry they all have, the, 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 there's a little bit of a northern exposure feel to that small town, which, you know, I, like it hits me right because that was, you know, when I was in school, when I was younger. Um, all the, the, the murder mystery, which I can't help but get involved in because I like trying to figure it out everyone's doing a phenomenal job. Yeah, easy four out of five for me. I'm going to come in a little bit higher at a 4.5. There's an episode, which is a good episode, but it really, for me, derailed the flow of the show, but it needed to happen. And it's the rescue episode with Darcy. And it really changed things up in a way that needed to, but tonally it was very different to all the other episodes. So it was one of those episodes that needed to happen, but at the yeah. same time, wasn't as enjoyable as all the other ones. But it's a great episode yeah. for Darcy. And it's where Asta first found out that Harry was an alien. So again, we've got yeah. a lot of information in that, but that was more drama than comedy. Whereas for the most part, I mean, in the opening, I said dramedy. And it really is. It's a comedy drama. Uh, but that yeah. episode in particular was a lot more drama. But it was good. It was really good. And it's not a solid five out of five, but it, it's, it's a show that I was interested in since it was announced. And it just, it exceeded my expectations. It ended up being a really enjoyable show. I had so much fun with it. So yeah, I'm going to come in at 4, 4.5. And I'm really happy for Alan Tudyk and the rest of the cast because they've put together a really good show here. And I'm looking forward to doing a full rewatch 
and just to see where it goes next in season two. Yeah, yeah. My my actual favorite episode of the season was episode four, Birds of a Feather, which is the episode where Harry uh, has to go out to help Asta's grandmother on the reservation. That was there's so much building of their relationship yeah. there, but it's, yeah, it's a phenomenal episode. That that would be an easy five out of five episode. That for particular me. episode. Uh, yeah, that, um, that was, and that's that was a really good episode. It's a uh, so it's a weird place to bring it up, Jay. But yeah, that yeah. was a really good episode. Yeah, um, but that's it shows the heights of which for me this this show can hit, um, which is why I'm so excited for season two. That that one that it's been confirmed, and two that I'm like now they've gotten all this stuff out of the way, and Aston knows, uh, Max knows. Like I'm really interested to see where they build on the last scene. <laughs> Harry is leaving Earth. He decides not to wipe out humanity. He hears a rustle behind him, and Max is stowed away on the ship. And I can't remember exactly the lines that he says. He's like, what is this shit? Or what is this bullshit? I can't remember yeah. what he says. But it's just such a perfect note to end the season on. Yeah, absolutely. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable. Well, that's it for our episode all about Resident Alien Season 1. If you want to contact us about this episode or request a topic for an upcoming show, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. As always, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.